Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Oh, hey, so uh, we've been on a sermon series called Ripe Up. And uh, this is the third week in that series, and it's based on Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23 that says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You'd have to ask, like, why are we doing the fruit of the Spirit uh, at this time? And I think there's just, A, a, a couple reasons. Fruit right now is incredibly good, right? Um, It's like these fruit trucks that are coming into town to bring fruit are amazing. Uh, And also, just the idea that if we are to the point of just going, hey, how do we know that people are following Jesus, right? How do we know that there is fruit in their life, and it's literally the fruit that we see coming out of their life, right? This idea of we know they're filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus as they are doing these things. Now, of course, like we've said before, this is not an exhaustive list. This is not all the lists of the gifts of the Spirit that, like, you're done, right? But this is kind of a litmus test, if you will, to be able to say, man, they are really, truly trying to follow Jesus, If I'm constantly an angry person, no joy in my life, I am not being filled with the Holy Spirit, like we talked about last week. Something that really bugged me a couple weeks ago, I was on a boat with one of my friends, and all of a sudden they pull out this fruit that's orange and has this fuzzy skin on it, right? And um, right as I say it, you guys got to know right what it is, right? We're in the peach world right now, right? And so she takes this bite of this peach, and it sounds like an apple. And I'm like, what's wrong with your food? And she says, oh no, it tastes really good. And I said, but you can't call it a peach, it's crunchy, right? Have you ever eaten a crunchy peach? Yeah, and it's gross, right? No, right over here, Jory's like, yeah, I told her I wouldn't call her out, but her peach was gross, right? Like you don't, you don't eat crunchy peaches, Just like in my house, you don't eat black bananas unless it's mixed with a whole bunch of sugar and flour and has, uh, you know, uh, chocolate chips in it, and then it comes out of the oven, right? See, the, the whole point is that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're ripe at the right time, and it's just for the right moment. And we have the right things that, uh, that we may need at that time when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, See, sometimes I wonder, like, there are times where we shouldn't be maybe filled with joy at that moment, but we could be, man, I'm going to be patient a little bit. There's nothing worse than when somebody says to me, man, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, right? And then you get all defensive, but you know that there's something wrong in your spirit that's not aligning with Christ. In fact, actually, one time, Virginia said, do you just need to leave the house right now and go spend some time with Jesus so he can fix you? Right? But the world in which we would say, because we're going to be talking about peace today, the world would say, hey, 
Maybe it's a tra- place of tranquility, right? Maybe you should go down to that one, one babbling brook that's just nice and quiet, and then you can find peace there. Some of the world says the peace is you go into your bedroom, you lock your door, and you let your kids fend for themselves. Some places say, come to our spa so that we can treat you with all these things, and you'll, you'll find peace until you walk out of there and you have to have life hit you. Some people also would say, maybe it's meditating to a higher plane of existence. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with sitting by a tranquil stream and just pausing for a moment. And there's nothing wrong with going to a spa and relaxing. And there's nothing wrong with meditating with Scripture. Not for a higher plane, but because we know who Jesus is. But if we find those as our place where we find peace, we are sadly mistaken. Peace, and here's your main point if you're writing it down or if, you've, if you're following us on version right there, it's here, here you go, right here. Peace is a state of being, not a location, a possession, or any sort of circumstance. It's not getting to the right place. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to go into it just a little bit. Um, but before we do, can, can we pray? And, um, and then we've got a lot of scripture to read again this week. And so let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we crack open your word, would you, would you crack open our hearts to hear your Holy Spirit speak to us? And would we uh, align ourselves to you? Would we walk out of here refreshed? Would we walk out of here with peace in our hearts? Would we, uh, would we face this week and know that you are right with us? And so because of your love and you, the joy you lavish on us, we can have peace in every single circumstance. So God, we love you and we thank you. In your holy name we pray, amen. So just like last week, I, I really had a lot of fun doing, uh, just reading through a ton of scripture with you guys last week. And so I want to do that again. Um, I've picked a whole bunch of things that um, have uh, the, this idea of peace. And then what we're going to do is we're, we're going to take all of that scripture and we're going to bundle them into kind of three main ideas of where peace is found um, in our lives and, uh, and then how God is walking us through that. And so uh, here we go. You ready? And I did not put them on you version this week. And so if you're like, man, I really want to um, write these down, uh, I'll go a little bit slower for you and you can look them up later on. But this is all from the NLT version. And so Noah, we're going to start right off with Romans 12, 18. Okay. So we'll skip that one. Here we go. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Hebrews 12, 20 through 21 says this, just keep them coming, Noah. You stuck? 
Did we freeze? Okay, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, Hebrews 13, 20 through 21 says this. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 2.14 says this. For God himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body, on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Romans 14, 19. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Psalms 34, 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. James 3.18 says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Colossians 3.11 Sorry, that's not 3.11. 3.15 and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Isaiah 26.3 goes on to say, you will keep in perfect peace also all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 1 Peter 3.11, turn away from your evil and do good, search for peace and work to maintain it. Psalms 29.11, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Mark 9, 50. Salt is good for seasoning, but it loses its flavor. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Proverbs 16, 7. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. That's a great verse. Psalm 119, 165, those who love your instruction have great peace and do not stumble. James 3, 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace loving, sorry, it is also peace loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. 2 Thessalonians 3, 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all, of, sorry, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Titus 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lustful, lustful pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. The reason why I chose this verse, just to let you know, is because 
when you don't have peace, this is what it leads to. 2 Timothy 2.22. Run from anything that stumbles youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. 1 Timothy 2.1-2. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Colossians 3.13. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Romans 15.33. And now may, and now may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Amen. So when I looked at those verses and just trying to figure out where we're going to head this morning, there's really three main things that pop out to me. That there is a point in which we need to maintain peace with God. There is a point that we need to maintain peace with ourselves, and we need to maintain peace with others. Now, that's a tricky slope, right? Because one is actually not something we can do on our own, right? We can't magically all of a sudden maintain peace with God because some of those verses say that it's peace that is imparted to us by God. And we find right away in John 14, 27, which we already read, which is something unbelievable. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Started looking at that and started looking at the words of Jesus going, great, he gives us this gift of peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift. It, it really is a gift. The world can't offer it to you. There's no sort of place, no amount of possessions, nothing that can really settle us down. But there seems to be this, uh, there seems to be this uh, pairing with mind and heart and troubled and afraid. And so when I started realizing that and thinking about it, I, I started going back to some of the other things that Jesus said that I didn't put in the list of us reading. Matthew 10, 34. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. It doesn't, it doesn't match with what he just said, right? We're going to get to that. John 16, 33, I've told you all of this that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Luke 12, 51 says, do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. At the very beginning, we talked about love, and we talked about this fight going on in our, in our nature between wanting to do our own selfish desires and actually be loved by God. And, and when I see this idea of peace, I, I look at it and I go, the peace that he's offering us is the gift that we can be at peace with God. No longer are we fighting our sinful nature. God on the cross, dying for our sins, allows for peace. But it doesn't allow for peace between the kingdom of evil and the kingdom of God. They are always at war and they should be at war with each other. 
And so when I think about this and I think about this peace and, and uh, this gift of God, there's, there's a couple that really, to me, it looks like two gifts. One, it is the gift that our hearts are made right with God. That we can know and have peace that God has conquered sin and we can have peace that God is not against us. But there's still the problem with unrest in the world, our fight against our evil flesh, against the things, just sin in of itself. I heard it said this week, interesting, and I, and I know I'm going to butcher it, but I heard it said this week that uh, anytime we come against something that is either a trial or a tribulation, or a couple weeks ago we, we even heard the word calamity, that when we look at that, we should actually consider it a, a moment not to be wasted, but a moment to lean into and be excited and have joy in it because in it we can find peace and God is doing something in our hearts. There's a couple guys that I, uh, that I spend time with during the week and that are going through trials and different things like that, and I, and I, and I try to reiterate to them, don't waste the time. Don't waste the time worrying about what's going on around you when God is doing something inside your heart. That's where you're going to find peace in this whole entire tribulation. That when we lean into God and we know that he has offered us these things and, and he is saying, no, I'm giving you peace of heart and mind, meaning where is your heart and how do you align your heart with God more? How do you become the person that God is calling you to be? But if you're continually struggling to hold on to the things that might have brought you peace in this world, Jesus is saying, no, let those go and take on my peace. Take on my peace in which uh, some of the verses we read are when you live in uh, a world in which you're constantly forgiving each other and you're looking to understand who God is and what he's doing in the world, you will be at peace because no matter what, you know God's way is always the right way. And so we have peace with God by allowing his spirit, his son, the truth of his son to invade our lives and we understand where we stand. It's, it's a gift we actually have to kind of open a little bit. We have to take that step to go, God, thank you for drawing me to your son and allowing me to understand the truth of what's really going on around me. That's when we find peace. It's not holding on to a political view. It's not holding on to all the wealth I can get. It's not holding on to the one serene place I have. It's not holding on to, uh, it's not holding on to in some of my world, you know, uh, a pacifier or a blanket. It's not holding on to any of that stuff. But it's knowing where truth lies. That's where we have peace with God. Because he has offered it to us. And leave you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot offer you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Everything can be going wrong around us and we can still have peace. Isn't that mind-boggling?
sitting on the sidelines yesterday, and uh, I mean, we're, we're seventh grade did really well. Eighth grade, we were struggling quite a bit. And all around me, I'm just getting really nervous and anxious, right? Like, it's just a football game, y'all. But I'm getting really anxious and nervous. And all around me, us coaches are just trying to figure out things. And we're feeding off of each other while this kid is doing this wrong and this is this wrong. And, and all of a sudden, at one point, I just thought, can you imagine that these kids are trying to do their best right now? So are you going to encourage them and coach them, or are you just going to yell at them and try to make them do harder? And as soon as I decided that there was a place in which, no, it's just, I've, I've taught them everything they can, they're just really not as fast as the other team, right? And as soon as that changed, it was crazy how all of a sudden I was just like, eh, doesn't matter the outcome of the game. Doesn't matter whether we win by a thousand or lose by a thousand. And so like one of the kids I yelled at because I'm like, man, you're showing your true character right now. And God was like, well, what character are you showing them right now? And I took a step back and I was just like, okay, peace, right? Doesn't mean everything was perfect, but it all of a sudden was just like, no, I, I can handle this because I have a different viewpoint of what's going on than everybody else. I had to settle down a little bit. And I'm telling you that I don't know if that comes from just this world, right? It comes from a moment of going, God, thank you for the interaction I have with you. But it does lead us to the next point of understanding in all of those scriptures what peace looks at is we need to have peace with ourselves. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let's, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. It's again, hearts and minds. And right before, we're talking about having unrest. We're afraid and we're troubled. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There has to be a point where we understand what's going on in our hearts. How many of you guys have done this like me where I'll tell people, hey, no, you just need to give it to God, right? And then the next step, you walk away and you go, God, you can't have this by the way you live, by the unrest, or you're trying to figure out a situation and be able to handle it all together, and you're just not giving anything to God, and your mind is just whirling. Or you wake up at 2.30 in the morning going, I can't figure this out. I don't know what to do. And we keep trying to solve every earthly problem, and we don't actually let God have it. There has to be a point in which we need to understand, am I a worrier? Am I mindful of the things that are going on? In fact, uh, Paul says, capture every thought, right? Like, am I mindful of the things I'm thinking about? Or do I just try to keep solving things in worldly aspects? 
If I just had another dollar here, I could fix this. If I just have this one conversation, I can fix this. Do I really know myself well enough to know that I can't be going into places like that because this is what it's going to cause? We do it all the time, don't we? Might have lost a job, might have gotten a fight might have, with, with our spouses. Maybe we said something wrong to our kids and we just send ourselves into a tailspin. I'm not good enough. I can't do these things. I'm, I'm wrong here. I need to, uh, I'll never be forgiven because do you understand how bad I really am? It starts with peace with God to understand his love and his joy that he offers us. And then we get to come to peace in ourselves and go, wait a second. I'm working through this. God is helping me out. And we can only do that through the Holy Spirit guiding us and directing us and saying, hey, let's look at this. So are you in situations a person that doesn't give it to God because that's where ultimate peace is or do you keep on holding it in? I love when it says, remember the Lord is coming. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Problem is, is I think some of us are overripe in this area, right? We tell God all day long what we need from him to do, and we do nothing in response to listen to him, right? But in humility going, God, this is what I'm struggling with, then you will experience God's peace. And the last one I want to spend a little bit of time on, and, and the last one is peace with others. Peace with others. Matthew 5, 9 says this, it says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. This is something that we really have to work on. Peace with God is a gift from God. Peace with others is something we definitely have to work on. But it's something God calls us to do. In a world where we can butt heads so quickly, in a world in which we look at other people and go, no, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, I, I think that there is times in which we can go, are we working towards peace? Or are we just okay with creating division? And I think sometimes it's really easy to think that we are working towards peace and we miss it all because we take on like this verse that God says that we bring division. But that means that we have to work that much harder to understand Scripture, right? And I, can, I feel like every week I can come and just preach on read your Bible, pray, and love Jesus, right? Because it's the same thing over and over again. It is this moment that if we want peace with others, it has to be biblically grounded. It can't be just our opinions. It can't be just our emotion at the time. It can't be, well, I've read, I'm, I'm just going to proof text the Scripture and it says I'm right and you're wrong. But it comes from a heart, right back to the very top verse. Peace of mind and heart. And so when we understand scripture, when we're walking with Jesus and as he brings things, maybe he'll bring things into our minds and our, and our hearts to go, hey, this is a spot where it's not peaceful. Peaceful. 
give you a perfect example, Matthew 5, 23 through 24. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, not you have something against someone, okay, let's not get this backwards, that somebody has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to the person, and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. How often have we gone out to somebody and said, hey, I just want to let you know that I forgive you. And they're like, what are you talking about? I had no clue that I, you know, and this isn't that sort of, this isn't that sort of uh, scripture. The sort of scripture is I am spending time with God and God is revealing things to me of relationships that need to be paired or something I need to do. I need to go do that right now. I need to repair that relationship with them. Somebody has something against me. And then this next one I I really love in Romans 14. There's this fight between servants and and masters. And it talks about how some people are going, well, you're worshiping God in the wrong day, right? It should be this day, not that day. And Paul solves it in this. He says, in the same way, some think one day is more holier than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should, you should each be fully convinced that whatever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, do it and honor him. Those who eat any kind of food, do it so you honor God. The whole point of this is that we should look at it and go, great, awesome, then do it to honor God. You're choosing to worship on this day or that day. No, honor God in all that you do. And this could be a really interesting thing that I could go on a rabbit hole for a long time, but I'm, I'm not going to. I, I just want to say is this, are you working towards peace with others? Or are you working towards division for division's sake? And I'm going to tell you that there is sometimes where peace isn't going to be had. But we need to make sure that it is definitely a division of our relationship with Jesus or not, not on an, an opinion, not on supposed facts or what we think might be true, but it is, it should be on, no, that is evil and that is wrong and I am going away from that, just like some of those scriptures we read. And flee from immorality. So we work, when we work on peace, that means that we actually can allow relationship with Jesus Christ to flourish. Not, to, not for relationships for ourselves, not for making us look good, but for literally helping the kingdom move forward. Just going back to John 14, 27. That people can see the peace of Christ being offered. In fact, actually, a lot of the verses that we read before this were talking about those who follow the commands of God. That is true peace. Work towards unity in the church, Paul says. So I would just ask, like to ask you, man, if, how's your peace with God? Are, are you and him doing all right? 
Are, are you understanding that, man, I need his grace and mercy upon our, my life? Are there things that you don't have peace with yourself because you're holding on to it with a tight fist and you don't want to let it go, but God is saying, no, you have to have peace. Let me have it. Is there somebody in your life where you haven't worked with peace with others? And we're going to end with a closing song. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. But while they play this song, here's the kicker. Whether you aren't having peace with God or whether you need peace with yourself or peace with others, it starts with this one thing. And it starts with, do you desire Jesus? And I've said it before, and, and I know I keep reading it, but uh, I love this. You see, all of us have sinned. Every single one of you in this room is a sinner. Me included. And you see, if unforgiven, that sin separates us from God for eternity. If unforgiven, we don't have peace because we are against Jesus. There is no peace there. It separates, that sin separates us from God for an eternity. But God loved us, loved the world that he gave his son so that anyone who believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. Jesus, God in the flesh, he came as one of us, modeled a perfect life for us, died because of us, and rose victorious. That wasn't peaceful at all. But it was peaceful because in light of eternity, we, any one of us, we, any one of us in this world, by faith in him, could be forgiven of our sins. And we're given a new life today. And so our lives give him power to live, to honor him every single day in searching for peace with ourselves and peace with others. And that happens with being built in with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work. If there's a place where we don't have peace, maybe we need to go, God, where is the Holy Spirit in this? Where am I missing? And one day we'll spend eternity with him in eternal peace. And so the fruit produces in our lives love, joy, and peace. And so if there's something that you need to work with God on during the song, would you please do that? Would you please spend some time, if there, if there are things in your life where you know aren't right in, in some unrestful place, would you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with peace? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and there's a lot more that goes into it than just going, God, I want your peace. But we're going to talk about those in the next coming weeks with patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And so would you sing this song with us? And then I'll come and close us in prayer.
Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.